cooling rapidly from a temperature of 6,000 degrees to a few hundred in less than 5 billion years. The heat rises, meets the atmosphere, the clouds form, and rain pours down upon the hardening surface for countless centuries. The restless seas rise, find boundaries, are contained. Now, in their warm depths, the miracle of life begins. In infinite variety, living things appear and change and reach the land, leaving a record of their coming, of their struggle to survive, and of their eventual end. The record of life is written on the land, where 15 million years later, in the upper reaches of the Amazon, man is still trying to read it. Yes, the record of life is written on the land. And this is Will, your sci-fi guy. Welcome to Sci-Fi Guy and Substack. And that is the introduction to one of my favorite films of all time. One of my very favorite Universal Monster movies of all time. And just one of the best sci-fi, thriller, horror, you name it. You tell me. What is Creature from the Black Lagoon? Is it sci-fi? Sure. It's definitely sci-fi. It's definitely science fiction. Is it a monster movie? Um, yeah, I'd say it's a monster movie. Sure, it's horror, thriller, um, cautionary tale, environmental message tale. The list goes on and on. But in terms of just in the roster, the uh, you know collection of universal universal horror, universal um, classic monster films, it definitely is one of my favorites. Um, here's a quickie, uh, intro 1954. This is from the official wiki creature from the black lagoon is a 1954 American black and white 3d monster horror film produced by William Allen to directed by Jack, Jack Arnold from a screenplay by Harry Essex and Arthur Ross. It stars Richard Carlson, Julia Adams, Richard Denning, Antonio Moreno, Nestor Palva, and Whit Bissell. Uh, the film's plot follows. A group of scientists who encounter a, a Piscine amphibious humanoid. Wow, I never knew it was so specifically uh, described. A Piscine amphibian humanoid um, in, the, um, in the waters of the, of the Amazon. The creature, also known as the Gill Man, was played by Ben Chapman on land and Rico Browning underwater. Produced and distributed by Universal International, Creature from the Black Lagoon premiered in Detroit on February 12th, 1954, and was released on a regional basis, opening on various dates. Now, what's really interesting, it was filmed in three dimensions and originally uh, projected by the polarized light method. And the audience, it says, wore, you know, they wore the viewers the glasses with gray polarizing filters, similar to the viewers most commonly used today. And I guess they're kind of the, the best for the best quality and experience. Then they have the cheaper uh, experience, the cheaper quality, and that's in, uh, that's the red and blue glasses. It says, uh, and then it was re-released in 75. 1975, Creature from the Black Lagoon was re-released to theaters in the red and blue glasses anaglyph 3D format, format which was also used for a 1980 video release in, on beta and VHS. And I remember, um, I guess it was, was it 7 I think it was 7 I guess it was 1980, certainly the early 80s, and you went into a 7-Eleven, you saw like a big cutout, you know, a standee of the, of the creature. 
and it's, you know, get the glasses and stuff. I guess I did it. And, yeah, and it was on WPIX Channel 11 in New York City where they played Next Generation and Deep Space Nine, a lot of the fun shows, Twilight Zone and, and Honeymooners. But um, early 80s, and it was, I think it was 7-Eleven sponsored, and you got the glasses, and we watched. It was good. It was pretty cool. You know, certainly wasn't like, um, again, the, the polarizing, the gray uh, viewers uh, lenses, uh, glasses, but it certainly kind of did the trick. And, um, you know, obviously certain certain films lend themselves more to three-dimension, and it was pretty cool, Creature. But I love it in 2D, flat, whatever, on a, on a cell phone screen, on a tablet, on a big flat screen or anywhere. I just love it. So why? You know, well, why, why do so many people love it? And I was thinking today, I was re-watching it, got it for a great price on Vudu. I spend way too much money and way too much time on VUDU, the great uh, movie and TV platform. I love it. And I got it, for, got it on sale a couple days ago. And I was watch, as I rewatched for like the 20th, 30th time, um, a lot of things came out in terms of, you know, as you, as you get older and you, I've seen this dozens of times, this movie and why, you know, why do I, why do I love it? And why is it so powerful? Well, really right off the bat, and I'm not a big environmentalist. Of course, it's an, it's a very serious issue. We all know it is, you know, the environment, even before say global climate change or warming, who wants to live in a polluted planet, you know, kind of stupid, right? Really dumb. Nobody wants pollution. So in terms of environmental issue causes concern, you know, when you remember the story, this expedition goes into the Gilman's uh, lagoon, his, his uh, environment, his lair, so to speak, and, you know, causes trouble. They, they pollute. They, they're, you know, they're a boat, so they're smoking or drinking, and they're sort of throwing, you know, their shit out, the, out over the side of the boat, and it's polluting the... Uh, the Gilman's waters. And then of course, to get him and to get other fish or whatever, they, um, they put big sort of explode, uh, poison bombs or something, you know, you know, big bombs that explode poison under the water. And all this white crap is uh, released into his waters, into his lagoon. And, you know, when I was a kid, I was like, Oh, you know, they try to have to get the Gilman. And isn't that great? And all as you get older. And I remember in the, I guess the DVD commentary, a great DVD commentary on the, on the disc, the scholars saying, look, they're polluting his water. And it's true. And it really becomes kind of, you know, apparent and, and concerning, you know. And again, no matter where you stand on the issue of environmental concerns or causes, nobody wants to live in shit. No one wants to live in a polluted environment. You know, I don't know about you, but when I'm out and you know walking about in public and I see someone littering, it sucks. You know, I don't confront them. I don't want to get beat up. But, you know, I don't like to see people you know, pollute the environment. So that I think is a big reason. I think subliminally, even when we watch them, like, wait a minute, we're watching these people go into his environment lair and his lagoon and they're polluting it. They're shitting in it. And you, you know, no bueno, not a good deal. Right. So that's, that's one of the, I think the biggies and it, it, it it's a framework, you know, because they don't have to be there, but they want to be because they want their expedition, you know, their little, their little concerns. Okay. So, and then you have a really basic, what I think number two is the animal rights issue. You know, he's an animal, he's a creature. You know, some people say the monster, one of the, you know, universal monsters. And of course he qualifies. Okay. But it's, he's, he's an animal, you know, he's, he's a amphibious human and he's a fishman gillman, so to speak. Okay. So he's an animal. And the idea is, does he deserve to, 
to live, to be free. You know, we can make pros and cons. Uh, a buddy of mine, we love, my, my buddy Brandon, we love talking about Bigfoot and Squatch, the great soft Squatch, Squatch, right? So Squatch, you know, if he exists, I happen to believe that there's got to be something out there. You know, I don't know if it's just wild apes or, you know, some other creature, whatever it is, but I don't know what people are seeing, but we, we gotta, we gotta get him one day or, you know, and prove him maybe, but I think there's something out there. But anyway, the point is, what if there is something out, right? What, whatever that creature is, shall we, you know, capture it? Because we want to prove it and we want to show the world and solve that mystery. But what rights does the creature have? I was reading an article, um, I can't remember by some anthropologist, I think, and they said how in another 20, 30 years that we'll look back upon animal rights issues as like the dark ages now that, you know, animals will have so many more rights and they get more and more a day, uh, you know, each day. Uh, look at our own dogs and cats because everyone thinks, oh, the, you know, home and household pets have the most rights. And then you, you can go to, I guess, you know, ranches, farms and and the, the industry animals too, which is, I guess, are, are getting more uh, certainly attention and maybe concern. So, And then finally for me, of course, as a big sci-fi guy, as a sci-fi fan, it, it's, it's sort of alien creature contact or alien contact. Because this expedition doesn't know, is this an alien, right? Is it an extraterrestrial? Is, th is this E.T.'s webbed, clawed, sort of, you know, swimming aquatic brother? Or maybe he is an alien, you know, maybe, maybe he is from another world. So how will we treat, right? How will we confront and inter interact with an alien, with an alien race? It's fascinating, you know. And, of course, I guess he's probably just an evolved creature and primitive gill man, you know, humanoid uh, fish man. But what if he was an alien? And again, how are we going to, you know, treat that that confrontation and that great meeting like like Star Trek when you have first contact? There's a great next generation next generation episode, first contact, where Riker is looked upon as an alien, you know, from an alien world as a, you know, as an alien, and of course he is. And how do they, you know, how do they interact and how do they treat Riker? And he almost dies, you know, because they're not treating him very well. And then, of course, the, the feature film, First Contact with the Borg and with the, uh, you know, the Vulcans and the Vulcans meeting us. And there's an example, of course, of an alien, advanced alien race coming to uh, in contact with, with Earth, which is, you know, is much less advanced. And the Vulcans take pity on us and bring us into the kind of the Federation and mentor us and shepherd us, I guess, to, uh, to come into the uh, fold, so to speak. So, but what's interesting about um, Creature, of course, is the attempts at remakes and if you look at the uh, wiki, so many, well, there were many sequels. There was Revenge of the Creature in 1955. There was Creature Walks, The Creature Walks Among Us in 1956, which is filmed in 2D. And then there was a comedic appearance on the Abbott and Costello Col Colgate Comedy Hour. And that appearance is commonly known as the Abbott and Costello Meet the Creature from the Black Lagoon. So, so actually there was only two sequels. And um, and then, but there was loads of remakes scheduled. John Landis wanted wanted to do one. John Carpenter wanted to do one. Ivan Reitman wanted to do one. Uh, who else? Guillermo del Toro kind of did one, but his, of course, was The Shape of Water. Universal rejected, I guess, his concept to do a remake of Creature, so he took he took that his idea and reshaped it into The Shape of Water, which was an incredible film and. You know, so I think he probably was was the better off, and, and you know was was thrilled that that, that happened. Um, and then finally, who else? A bunch more. 
over and over, remake, remake, you know, greenlit and then and shelved. This is really funny. Uh, reported that Universal in 2020, it was reported that Universal is considering Scarlett Johansson and Chris Evans for a remake. So I guess he played the Richard Carlson and Richard Denning role, the, you know, love interest, whatever, human, and then Scarlett Johansson would be the, you know, Julie Adams uh, character, and maybe there would be a CGI. I guess there'll be a CGI creature or such, so. I don't know, though. Here's another, um, you know, and then they're talking about Universal Monsters and Dark Universe. Here's another great um, consideration for a creature. Um, you guys, I'm sure you're fans of prosthetics, makeup, or, or effects. And I, I love digital. Don't get me wrong. Computers are, you know, are generating some of the most incredible visuals they are. But I still love the, the you know, old school rubber latex and makeup. And if you look at the evolution of suits, Creature was one of the very first landmark effective suits. It's still incredible. I'm watching it, you know, first time in HD today on a large screen TV. The detail and the sculpting and the care, it just still blows me away. So, um, and, you know, today it would probably be all CGI, which is which is fine, I guess. But the suit, of course, the way a, a, a man, a humanoid, you know, actor moves is probably still kind of, you know, um, impossible unless you have motion tracking and, and such, I, I know. But it's going to be interesting to see with a remake if they do maybe use a suit sometimes or the CGI. Uh, one, I, I guess a big special effects artist was saying how after, I guess, Creature, the next big suit maybe was Alien, Alien and Predator. And if you look at the three, they're three of the most convincing, the most authentic, and the coolest Creature from the Black Lagoon, sort of the granddaddy, and then you had Alien from 1979, and Predator, I think it was 82 or 84, but bottom line is those, are, for my money, those are the three suits, you know, the, the best in the biz, and um, yeah, we'll see, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking they will do all CGI, but you know, we'll have to see, the jury is still out, um, you know, we'll see, and what's, what's, Kind of cool too. I don't know if you guys know that two two guys played the um, played the creature in the suit was Ben Chapman and Rico Browning. Ben Chapman was a bigger guy, like six five. He did all the land shots, and Rico Browning was a smaller guy, but a really good swimmer, and he did the swimming underwater shots, so which are still incredible. You know, I, I heard. I'm pretty sure they say either Spielberg was inspired or with the swimming scenes for Jaws, a certain sort of vibe, and I can believe it. So, so there you have it. Go watch Creature from the Black Lagoon if you have not seen it. If you have not, I don't understand why. Um, if you have a, if you've seen it and haven't seen it in a long time, rewatch. You'll be pleased. Now I got to really look at the sequels. I've seen the sequels. They're not that great. They're not awesome. But I'm sure they have some merit. It's been so long since I've seen them. So take a look. want to thank you guys as usual for listening. Love you to be uh, more of an active subscriber, either the free subscription or the paid people. The paid is only $4.99, and with that, you get some great exclusive goodies, and I'm trying to do more. I'm going to start to do some star, some celebrity interviews I have lined up. So the the paid really helps me. It, you know, it's a lot of my time here, and but the free is still great, too, and you get lots of stuff. So either or would be great, and um, thanks for listening. Thanks for the comments. Keep them coming. Live long and prosper, and we'll see you soon.